it bothers me on a very deep, the last scene especially, bothers me on a very deep level. Hello and welcome to AIO Audio News. Today I am back with Ryan Matlock. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? It's going okay. Did you remember to bring all the other people who are supposed to be here today? Oh yes, I do. Allie Barrett from the AIO Wiki Podcast. Hi! Timmy Bays from the Odyssey Scoopcast. Hello, hello! Also from AIO Audio News, Hannah Matlock. Hi! Unique DeCragger from A Friend from Woodgrove. Bonjour! Rhea Smith from Liberty University. Hey! John Tuttle III from a lot of different places. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Alyssa and Hannah Baloo from the AIO Revelations podcast. Hi. Hey, everyone. Gabriel Coates from the Out of Here podcast. What was my, my line? Oh, right. Uh, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Jace Mouse from Adventures and Opinions. Hello. And Sarah, also from the AIO Revelations podcast. Hey, everyone. And Riley. I always forget Riley. <laughs> always forget me. Hello. <laughs> this, this is a, uh, a great <laughs> gathering of, I think, how many people do we have here? 15? I, I don't know. I keep losing count. Maybe 14. You guys can figure out this later, but how are y'all doing? Pretty great. We have come a long way. It's been six months since the last Maury Rydell episode. Um, and a lot of stuff has happened in between there. Ryan and I know a lot of the stuff that's happened, um, but uh, including a five-part series that will not be produced, unfortunately, but does exist. <laughs> so never see the light of day. No, it, it is very sad. It's a very sad. Counts. But we have a couple new additions um, that I wanted to introduce. Unique DeCragger is here. <laughs> Hello. Uh, she is, I found her on the Odyssey Facebook page. Uh, and can you tell like what your connection to me and like in general is, Unique? Yeah. So I found Michael uh, looking around for voice actors for his uh, rewrite of the Rydell saga. And uh, I reached out to him and I was like, hey, uh, I'm an actress and I love Odyssey. And... Uh, he uh, initially cast me as Zoe, I think, and then last minute he had me switch to doing Olivia, and that was a lot of fun. And then he told me that, and that unfortunately, none of it will be released. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, now we're working on a new thing, which uh, I'm really excited about, and I don't know how much he's told anyone about yet, so uh, I'll let him discuss that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a new audio drama, and she is playing the female lead, basically, and I have huge plans, which I have not told Ooh. her about, but <laughs> yeah, it's really, really fun, so it's great to have you here, Unique. My pleasure. Also joining for the first time is Sarah. Uh, Sarah, do you want to explain your uh, background to, I guess, this recording and Odyssey in general? Yeah, for sure. So basically... Um, I found the AO Tumblr community and I just started reaching out to people kind of as an anon and I got in touch with Hannah and Alyssa from AO Revelations. We got to talking, we wrote a fan fiction, we did a podcast and um, Michael, I think you listened to the podcast and kind of reached out and wanted to work with me on an AIO project and this has ended up being it. So yeah, it's good to see everyone. Yeah, I actually initially reached out to you for the alternate Rydell saga, but then I realized I I, like, I got to do this thing with Ryan. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so I um and so Ryan and I ended up spending like twenty hours on the phone talking about it. Um, <laughs> wow. But we are here to listen to what is this episode titled? <laughs> Good question. The, the team. team. The team. The team. Yeah. Episode nine twenty two. Written and directed by Phil Lawler, I believe, is the info we have so far on it. Yep. Our good friend and comrade. Yes. Gabriel recently reached out to me and mentioned a theory that he had, and I thought it was so so good, like something that I had thought of before. I wanted him to say it again, to, again here. So, Gabriel, Ooh. what was it that you mentioned to me? Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a script. He, does, he doesn't have it? <laughs> I have a script. It's long. I pro probably don't have enough time. I'll, I can um, paraphrase it if you want. Yeah, sure, go ahead. So basically your thoughts were, well, maybe Phil was seeing that this was going to be a huge epic saga with an epic bad guy, and he thought, you know what, we've and done that before. Big, and a big explosion at the end. <laughs> right. Record, no so, let's, so let's change it Rises so that it's so that we can have better character development, and maybe there'll be a big switch where Wit actually does say that Maury was wrong and not right at the end, and huh. we're just waiting for that moment to happen. But mm. in the meantime... In the meantime, it doesn't look like it's going to end up that way because mm. the way the last episode ended up, 
it seemed like Emily was going to join the team with the Rydells. So, well, any- well, in the album description, uh, it says Emily is no, forced. Nope, 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 nope. I don't want to <laughs> hear the so description. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, actually, it's out now. So, can I have somebody read the album description? Oh, boy. Uh, oh, I have it up. Who is oh, blackmailing okay. Cooper Calhoun? <laughs> to find out, junior detective Emily Jones is forced to work with unlikely partners. Unlikely partners, Maury and Suzu Rydell. Then, Zoe and Olivia are thrilled when an anonymous donor pays for the class ski trip. Mm. But Pastor Wilson mm. wonders if the visit to the mountains might fulfill the mysterious message he received. One of three will fall. And when a girl struggles with her faith and asks big questions, her friends and family try to draw her back to God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can does really somebody have the... the well, yeah, that's that's cool. But does anyone have the episode description as well? Yes, oh. I do. The team. When Emily Jones discovers that Cooper Calhoun is being blackmailed by a faceless hacker, she reluctantly <gasps> recruits two people who she knows could help. Maury and Suzu Rydell. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Phil said on Facebook, this is not the Rydell saga, it's the Rydell arc. And, you know, um, that is not what the official statement is, but his point is that this thing isn't over yet. So I'm like, when is it going to be over? Just end this thing, please. (laughs) Let's hope it's not like the Blackguard saga and it's going to take like 10 years or something. No kidding. It's like stretched over 20 albums. Yeah. Yeah, we will be so done with it by that point. But in the meantime, I'm ready to hear the episode. I don't know about you guys. Yes. Oh, in in yeah. all yeah, honesty, I've already listened to it, but I won't spoil <gasps> anything. Oh, how could you? <laughs> you I wanted Heresy. to listen to it all together first. You are not one of us. Uh-uh. Oh. It's <laughs> fine. It's but fine. you are. We'll, you we'll are. You're fine. You're totally good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Michelle. Anyway, uh, unless there are any objections, I will see you all. No? <laughs> I will see you all after the first segment of the episode. Listeners, Fine. assemble! <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. Well, they got the voice disguise right this time. Oh, I did. Finally. It's really good. Alright, so, yeah. thoughts on this first segment? Uh, this was really quick, just the first scene. I, oh my I gosh, love, I'm so excited. I love... I, I think this might be the best, uh, like, voice disguiser program, whatever, that I've heard on Odyssey. Like, I genuinely... Couldn't tell if this was a, a guy or a girl. It might just be me, yeah. though, but mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Well, it, it it is pitched up. I was able to pitch it down, but I don't recognize the voice. <laughs> it's not Attica Schaefer. Really? So, so, yeah, it was clearly, like, the, the, the phrasing of, like, good and stuff like that was clearly meant to sound like Maury, but it's not. So I don't exactly, I don't exactly know what's going on here. Yeah, his speech patterns are really similar to Maury, too. I was like, hmm, but... It didn't sound like it would be Atticus Schaefer, but pitched up. So I'm like, I'm curious. But either way, they did a killer job with it. Yeah, and Cooper's involved <laughs> nice with something. Nice and creepy. Uh, but yeah. he's involved with something that could damage a reputation. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This Ooh. is very, very weird. You, ha- you haven't almost... had this kind of energy in Odyssey in a long time. It's like, mm-hmm. Odyssey yeah. kids don't do bad stuff. I am so psyched. It definitely. I'm in. I'm interested in where it's going. It almost. Mm-hmm. My theory, going into it, is that um, they're gonna like Emily's gonna team up, and Maury's going to help her find that it's not him, obviously, and she's gonna uh-huh. think it's him the whole time. Because well, this is your mo, and then it's gonna yeah. turn out not to be him. But then it'll turn out he paid someone else to take the fall for him <laughs> and shade. do all the stuff for him because it was good. No. It was good. <laughs> I'm ready for that word to be banned from the dictionary. Assuming that it wasn't Maury who was doing that, mm-hmm. I was a little yeah. I'd be a little disappointed that we just got rid of one creepy faceless <laughs> hacker person and now the very next episode where we've already announced what Maury and Suzu have done, we have another one. The I very was... next episode. It's like in Civil War where Ultron, no, not Ultron, Vision says since Iron Man revealed himself, the number of like superheroes has, has grown and the number of supervillains has also grown. It's like, okay, that was way too self-aware what you just said there. So like now that- Exactly. We're not being very creative because they're doing the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. I legitimately want to know where this they're is going. but I'm on the trend of getting put in jail. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Hannah, did you have any thoughts here? <laughs> For two minutes of a clip, it's that was pretty great. 
It's yeah. it's a very intriguing um, episode start, and I'm really uh, curious to see where they take it. My thoughts are it's either Jay or it's Maury. It could um, be Susie, Jay? too. Yeah, I, was I could be totally off, but I was hearing... It, if there was a, a small part where I thought I could be hearing, like, Suzu's speech patterns coming through, but maybe... Maybe not. Hmm. I didn't see that, but I do think it could be Suzu. Um, I honestly don't know, though. Well, I was just going to say that it's a very good voice disguise. It's a lot better than a sacrificial escape. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's better than that, I think. I think they uh, learned from Michael immediately decoding it. <laughs> oh, there's that. I think that the voice, whoever it was, said good three times. Yeah. And so... Either it's Mori mm. or they're trying to make it seem like Mori or something like that. Again, I, f- I have my um, my money on uh, Mori or Jay because the laughter sounds too much like Jay for me not to think that. I don't think Jay has like the technological abilities or knowledge to do that, though, or the, or the that smart. That is true. Or, I mean, if you want to go technological abilities... Matthew. No. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't think so. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think it fits, though. I don't think it fits. Why would yeah. Matthew be blackmailing Cooper? Uh, that, yeah, that's why I immediately thought, uh, stopped thinking that. I thought it was a really good intro. It reminded me a bit of the owl napping, like when um, uh, Ryan goes to meet Vance with like the um, the money, trying to get the owl back, a bit of that with the blackmail and such. Yeah, and I also, personally speaking for me, I love what they did with the voice at the beginning, that that was really cool. <laughs> and um, I really don't know who it is, but I do think Emily might think it's Maury during the episode. I just can see it going that direction. I think something that stood out to me is usually when voices are disguised, they're kind of pitched up. They're not really pitched down, and I don't know, but I do think the laughter did remind me a lot of Jay and also the idea of pictures for blackmailing. I mean, Jay, you know, was responsible for that in the episode when Connie was trying to raise money for her friend in California. And um, Jay is just always like, whatever I can get out of a person, I want to get out of that person. Um, Like what you saw with the cheating scandal. Um, But something that really stood out to me was when we know that there's something that could ruin you know cooper's reputation half of me was thinking you know is it something that people would make fun of him for or is it something genuinely like it would be harmful and when they started saying you know good christian person all of your church friends it became it was a lot more sinister and my thought process just switched and i was like oh my gosh like this is actually something genuinely harmful yeah that's what i was thinking this is like too close to it's very close to something that lots of has happened to lots of people that I know also um they got caught themselves somewhere where they shouldn't have been and then somebody has basically blackmailed them and said hey we have pictures we have of you doing something and we're going to show them to everybody so I don't know if Odyssey actually addresses that that would be pretty awesome for them to do I think um unpopular opinion I don't think we know who this guy is I think that the point of this episode is not to uncover who the mysterious voice is like it was last time but something else is going to happen that's that's my thought yeah Mm. i could definitely see that where because of past experiences emily thinks that it's mori or suzu or somehow they're involved with this but then it becomes revealed that it wasn't either of them so more like a a character development type episode Mm -hmm. i also am very curious as to what cooper was doing because the beginning was very dramatic and sister and i i really like that and he also said i wasn't doing anything and so it kind of makes you wonder was he there trying to stop someone from doing something and you know it would be overlooked by what were you doing there in the first place Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, it could be that. Or maybe he was going to do something, but then decided against it. And yet still, his pictures were taken while he was there. Right. Maybe something like that could be a possibility. I want to jump on what you just said, Timmy. That's a really, I think I do agree with that, that this is somebody completely new. Also, by the fact that I just tried to decode the voice again. And I, <laughs> honestly, I do not recognize who this voice is. 
it's probably somebody new. And if it was somebody we were supposed to know about, then we would know who the actor is. So the fact that we don't makes me think, and also the fact that it's pitched up, like you, like you said, Sarah, voices are usually pitched down, I think is what you meant to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that this one is pitched up is really, really interesting. Yeah, just since we don't recognize it when you are um, pitching it up and down, it could be just a different actor for a character that's already established, like Bob Hoos voiced Aram, who was actually mm-hmm. not um, the actual. <laughs> well, but Aram was Aram a wasn't. Aram was a text to speech program, though, so that's a little that's a little bit different. Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? It reminds me of the vo- the disguiser reminds me of uh, the villain from Armas Fowl, just the voice, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Never actually, never actually read that. Or see, is that a movie? Are you talking about the movie? It was a movie, Disney Plus. Yeah, and with and that, it, with that very it? weird movie reference, um, we're gonna move on. <laughs> you, ready to, <laughs> I liked it. you ready to go on to the second part of the episode? Yes. 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 All right. Yes. See you guys after this. Well, that was that was interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not, not not really what I was expecting. Group one, uh, I have some thoughts. Um, so uh, one serious problem, a question. So Emily pushes back. Is like, no, 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 we're not doing anything illegal. And then she basically lets Cooper break into the principal's computer. Did anyone else? Mm-hmm. Find that All weird? of this feels illegal. And it's how is Wit agreeing to this? It's sort yeah. of. So the, I could see it being legal-ish because <laughs> yeah. technically they're not breaking in and accessing anything on the computer. Really, mm. it's the equivalent of just putting a piece of paper in front of the computer <laughs> and saying, hey, hacker, this is definitely the computer. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's like kind of questionable because you are inserting a flash drive into a computer, which yeah. if it's Mori, like, Mori could do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. flash drive could have erased the entire computer completely. Right. If Maury wanted it to. This has serious, like, The Last Resort vibes, but like a mm-hmm. modern-day version of The Last Resort. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not Jared DePasquale, it's John Campbell this time. That would mean, like, just what they're doing. Yeah, I kind of wish that somehow they could have involved the principal in this, like, so they didn't have to go behind anybody's back. Yeah, yeah. right, that would have been easy I, enough, just I say, hey, we're I feel like that would have been really simple. Yeah. What about Big Robot, though? We gotta have a good Big Robot. <laughs> you know, instead. The gaslighting. The gaslighting is insane in terms of Suzu was nothing like this in any other Rydell saga, except mm. for let's call the whole thing off. That's it. <laughs> uh, again, you're getting to see the real side of them, anyways. Like the that's real kind side? of coming out since. Okay, as real <laughs> as they, those two can None get. of this was planned. <laughs> You're able to get a little bit more of their actual personalities. I think that's why they're yeah. a little bit different. I'm not excusing mm-hmm. the plot holes, but sure, we sure. can work with it. It's okay. No, this is the this is the universe we live in now, where Mori and Suzu are right, right? Yes. Oh, um, please, I can't take I it. Yes. Uh, Honestly, I'm gonna be honest. When I heard, so there were two things. Like the first thing was that Mori was like not understanding Emily at all. Like, yeah, Emily yeah. is making it very clear, like, I'm not interested. And he's like, so you'll think about it? Yeah. And I was like, wow, Does not really? understand consent. Oh, no. or and then the second no. thing, the second thing was, Maury just codes an algorithm in a pleasant five <laughs> seconds. And then, exactly. And then Suzu just pulls out Gargantuan the robot out of nowhere. And I mm-hmm. honestly listened to it and I was like, am I having a fever dream? Am I, exactly. Is it actually Friday night, the night before no. we record? And I'm imagining so. what's going to happen. So if so anyone, I, like someone pinch me otherwise. Maury said GPS tracker. And immediately I thought, oh man, I... I have predicted everything in the alternate Rydell saga. Oh my goodness. <laughs> because you guys, really... I don't know if you know, but there is a GPS tracker that is a huge element of the penultimate episode. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't know. It's weird because the weirder the episodes get, the more it feels like we can predict it. It's it's like, uh-huh. oh my goodness. The one thing that's been getting me is uh, like the whole beginning part when Mori's like, oh yeah, Wit was like, we can make a team, you know, and we can help people. But I'm like, yeah. hold up, you shouldn't be... You already proved yourself untrustworthy, mm, so why would mm-hmm. Whitby be putting you in like in responsibility over yeah. other people to help them? And yep. this still seems illegal to snoop on their problems to help. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Ben like, Kemp Whit, from the in the Audio Drama Alliance, right. and he has his own uh, Odyssey Review website. It goes by Ben Warren, I think, or Ben Kemp, one of those two. He was saying that it seems uh-huh. to fit with Wit's character of being a trickster, so he didn't mind yeah. it. He actually liked it. Huh. But that's the the thing is, there the like, kids come to Wit with problems and. 
is Wit going to just be giving confidential information or is this public information? Because if it's public, uh, yeah. I, I'm okay and, with that. I'm actually fine with that. why would they need Mori and Suzu's skills if it was just public information? Like, uh, because, that... well, because Mori and Suzu can help with that. Because uh-huh. if these kids have problems and Wit can say, hey, there's, here's an issue that we're dealing with, maybe you can help with that. And why would Emily need yeah. to be a detective in that situation? Because she did do a good job of investigating <laughs> and talking to Cooper. I understand this yeah, is all I, fitting I, together well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like they I'm, work. I'm they work really well together. It's just I we I haven't seen Maury and Suzu uh, deserve anybody's trust yet, especially Mister Whitaker. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit odd that he's already saying, you know, okay, off you go, go solve some problems. I kind of <laughs> wish maybe he was more involved in this, or I don't know. Like I like yeah. the dynamic mm-hmm. of the team. I don't really trust Maury and Suzu to do the right thing, though. <laughs> I'm going to jump off of that. Hannah and Rhea, I want to get your thoughts on this. What do you think about, about, I think this is Phil Lawler, but whoever's writing it, in describing Emily's uh, psychology, I guess, toward Maury and Suzu, how is it being handled here? Yeah, I have a couple issues with what we've heard so far. And we've already talked about a lot of it in the last review. Um, Maury and Suzu did serious, serious damage. They completely violated Emily's trust. There is no reason she should trust him. Forgive him yet. Not trust him. There is a point when you need to remove yourself from certain situations and certain people. And Mm -hmm. I was very proud of her at first. I was very annoyed with Suzu when she was like, you're a really good friend. (laughs) They're not friends. And Emily has made Mm -hmm. that clear that she has not trusted them at any point. In any of the episodes, she's never yeah. completely trusted them, and she has resisted working with them at every turn. And when they came in with that, they're like, we're friends, right? Like, you can just mm. brush it off. And mm-hmm. she said, I'm trying to put distance between us. Can you just stop? And then, like you already mentioned, he went, so you'll think about it. Mm-hmm. No boundaries. I was very mm-hmm. proud of Emily at first because she seemed to start some. Then later she went right to Mori and Suzu with what <sighs> I would have considered something you have an authority with, not yeah. another kid to then hack into somebody else's computer and fix your problem yeah. for you. Yeah. So yeah, I was I'm, disappointed that she backpedaled. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I think it would be different if Mori and Suzu had already been very like uh, repentive and expressed that to Emily that you know they really wish they hadn't done what they did, et cetera, et cetera. Apology. But I haven't yeah. heard that. Like, maybe I no, they I hope they did in the episode before this, but I don't remember they that haven't. happening. No, no exactly. Yeah. John. Straight to can we be friends and get over this and move forward with good things that we do now? Not Without we did an this apology. terrible thing. We are so sorry. Let's repair that first yeah. before building yeah. something else. And I, I don't and, think the episode is saying then, that was right. I'm, I'm thinking the episode is condemning that and saying that these, these kids still don't understand what they did. I don't think it's saying that any of that is right yet. I don't think. I want to give the episode credit for it, but Ooh. Hannah, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, it bugs me that there's, like, there was so much manipulation going on, Um. like, when mm-hmm. they were asking her to join their, their team. They were honestly, like, flattering her to um make her join and, like... I, I agree. Like, there's no no remorse for their wrongdoing. There's I don't know if there it's if they're purposefully ignoring this or not. Um, but the cluelessness about Emily is very clear. Like, no, leave me yeah. alone. It's uh-huh. just kind of like, yeah, I can kind of see <laughs> that bugged me. Um, <laughs> I can kind of see like if it's going to be a character kind of thing, and they're just you know similarly to uh, Jay just being. Um, annoying and immature they're just going to be um manipulative and um clueless about the consequences of their wrongdoing that's okay horrible. that would be a, a thing that you could explore like what do you like it, dealing with um toxic relationships that that could be interesting but um even and so the the comment made about emily um going right back to like going straight to them when uh she was faced with an issue i can kind of see that like that that makes sense in my head um because it's not unusual for uh, a situation where somebody's in like um an abusive or some kind of relationship like that to either like leave one abusive relationship jump right into another one or you know something like that it's just like keep going back yeah yeah or going right back to the same abuser like right. um so that makes sense 
Um, and that would be an interesting thing to explore. I'm not sure that's what they're really exploring here, but that would be yeah. like, it's a believable kind of character thing if she's like, well, I care more about um, helping Cooper than I do about um, my own boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's 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 believable in my head. Not healthy, but it's believable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then, like, my biggest beef with this whole thing thus far, why aren't they going to the police? No <laughs> kidding. Like, even, even, like, setting the, the questionable legality of it is, like, they're, they're, they're doing things that the police wouldn't even do without a warrant. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this blackmail here is, it's kind of compelling until you actually sit down and think about it when you think, Cooper didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He yeah, can no. put the photos out himself and say, hey, this is what happened. I didn't yeah. do anything and get the word out before anyone has a chance to blackmail him. Yeah, that would <laughs> be my advice. Like, yeah. there, there is that. Or, like, I can see why Cooper made the mistake that right. he did in, like, yeah. giving in. But the better solution would not be here. Let's um, kind of fudge things along to continue this horrible, like, situation the better situation would be go to the police, go to your parents, go to, you know, whoever, like probably a multiple, a multitude of people. Um, like maybe, okay, you're short on time. So talk to the principal. We're going to mm-hmm. take care of this in the, in the meantime, like we're going to try to find a way to work around this in the meantime. Um, but yeah, like go to the authorities and actually right. fix the problem. Talk to right. somebody. This whole, this whole thing would just problem. play out if, if Cooper actually went in the principal's office and said, Hi, um, so I have this flash drive that's going to catch somebody who is trying to blackmail me. Emily is here. Mr. Maybe not Mr. Whitaker, but but you trust Emily. You trust me, right? So we have something that we kind of need to fix. And the principal's like, okay, well, I will go along with that just as long as you promise me that this will do nothing to my computer. And Cooper's like, yeah, it won't do anything. There you have the principal on board. Everything's fine. You don't right. need... I mean, I know it might be fun for drama, but then you open up the whole of, well, there's a whole ethical legality thing of this whole thing, and I don't... I don't know that we need mm-hmm. we need to be going there again. Yeah. I did uh, think it was kind of comical, though, that he was talking about it so dramatically. He was like, my life will be over if this comes oh, no out. I just, I just laughed at it. The only thing in what this guy was saying, Hacker, that slightly concerned me was him sending those pictures to colleges. Because yeah. that could potentially have a more long-term effect. But them, him sending it to his parents, his high school, his friends, his church, all of that can be excused and explained if the people actually care about him and right. know him. And also high school, when you're in it, it seems so important. <laughs> it's really not. It's not. High school is so long. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was that worried about what those people thought. Like, what? When they finally came out with what the big thing was, I was kind of underwhelmed. I'm like, dude, you're, you're that worried about the chill. It's not that big of a deal. Trust me on this one, okay? But yeah, I'm like, I was kind of expecting something bigger. I'm like, oh, it's, it's just, the, why are you panicking about this? Who cares? Just explain it. Someone, Bob the Tomato needed, it's almost like Bob the what? Tomato talked to Cooper and was like, so what are you going to do? And he was like, I'm going to call the police. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> because he didn't call the police. I he needs got to call that the police. Reference. I didn't get that. It's oh, that from Where's God When I'm Scared? Come on. Oh. When La- Bob and Larry appear in uh, Junior's room, and he's like, oh, I'm yeah. call the police. He's scared of Frank and Celery. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, come on. Play the guitar. On that I note, let's go to group three. That. Timmy, Alyssa, <laughs> okay. Anna, Sarah, uh, give your thoughts real quick if you can. On that note, what do y'all think? I would say first that, like what Rhea was saying, I don't really get how Maury and Suzu think they have like a friendship with Emily. Like, if that's their definition of friendship, I hate to see what their relationship with an enemy is like. <laughs> it's just so um, a little weird to me. I appreciate though how at least the beginning Emily was um, more. What do you say? Um, her feelings about them hadn't changed at all like she didn't really she still was like angry and bit hurt over the situation i was uh, hoping that they wouldn't like try to forget her feelings initially about this whole thing and kind of try to sweep them under the rug so i was happy about that first part of the story yeah for sure right i think something kind of i think something kind of weird is with the betrayal that 
the Rydell kids have faced, you think they would be more open to recognizing when somebody has been affected? Because, I mean, we can tell that at least Maury has this this kind of um, anger towards his father, you know, saying, oh, he just, you know, couldn't, he couldn't, like, it's not even that he couldn't take care of us, but it's that he didn't want us there. So he sent us to Odyssey. And then you have Mrs. Mado, who, you know, was so close to them and then was like, well, I mean, I did care about you, but I had a job to do on top of that. And you think that with the afflictions they felt, they would be more able to see it when they do it to someone else. But it could also be that they avoid it because they don't know how to approach the hurt that they've seen in their own lives. So they don't know how to fix it for somebody else. They don't want to be on the giving end because they keep thinking they're on the receiving end. Yeah, that could definitely be a possibility. Um, As Hannah was saying, like, I did agree with everyone else about the way it was handled with Emily and Maury and Suzu, how Maury and Suzu still seem to understand just how wrong their actions were and the consequences and understanding that Emily has a right to be upset and not want to be their friend or work with them in any capacity. I did also think about um, uh, your story, Michael, when they did the whole GPS thing. I was like, oh yeah, that, you know, that was pretty cool. And um, just the whole way they did it. Like it was definitely in that gray area where technically they didn't like break any laws, but yet it was not the most <laughs> ethical thing either. So oh, no. yeah, it definitely will be interesting to see what happens next. Um, if the identity of the blackmailer is revealed and if the principal figures out what they did or not. I'm still trying to think though, how they think this will like prevent whoever the blackmailer from like, stop going after Cooper because in these types of situations theoretically the, the he keep hanging these photos he or she whoever this person is over Cooper's head so like does there's no like guarantee that um pretending to change these grades will keep them this hacker from stop trying to blackmail Cooper so like it'd be mm. easier at this point just to go to your parents and explain everything yes. out. Like, I know they have to do it for the sake of drama, <laughs> but like, it's not like this guarantees like it'll be over if they do this. Right. right. I mean, I, I feel like that's the obvious thing. Like they should go tell their parents, but these are kids. Like if we 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 all are or have been teenagers before, um, and honestly, my experience was as a teenager, I wanted to try to figure out things myself before I went to my parents. So I feel like this is a realistic way that they would go about this. Like they're going to try to do everything themselves before they actually tell somebody that's that is an adult. Um, So while I hope that they deal with this part of the story, like obviously kids, if this happens to you, you should go to an adult. Hopefully they deal with it more than just Chris saying at the end. (laughs) Um, But I feel like this is at least believable uh, besides the robot. That's, you know, it is Odyssey. So you have to have something crazy in there. No, I just, the robot thing was a bit too much for me. I was like, is that just like over at the Whitaker household now? Just like in a corner of a room or what? <laughs> it's the clown from Nothing to Fear. <laughs> no. It's just repurposed. <laughs> All right. Group two. So we got Jay, John, Gabriel, Riley. Any thoughts real quick? Finally, uh, thumbs down. <laughs> We're not even done with the episode yet. What are you talking about? Thumbs down. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll be quiet I now. Just this segment is thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my first yeah, thought when there was the uh, battle robot is the Imagination Station box. I know that my first thought was everyone's darkest nightmare, but that was the first thought. Yeah. Mori and Suzu's description of the team sounded uh, suspiciously like the Israelites, except. In a yeah. twisted version mm. where yeah. the children aren't good and they are evil, manipulative <laughs> also, acts, to use Michael's But also, term. they are getting wit. The kids are confining in wit, believing that they, they have trust with wit, not with these kids. So why is wit going to portray the kids' trust by t- telling the EMS team or whatever that, um, hey, this kid's dealing with this, so why don't you go do this? No, they're confining in wit, not in them. Yeah, and then Maury and Caesar are going to be able to deal with it and how they think is right, which we have definitely seen is not good. They have no morals, like in no a moral compass. Escape. They no, thought a sacrificial really. escape was good. I think Maury yeah. ha- has no morals. 
I think Mor- Mori has no morals, and Suzu's just being a minion and following along with it. I just want to jump in and say one thing. I really don't want to hammer... I don't, I don't think I should be harping on the fact that, oh, Mori and Suzu did all these terrible things, because... It, I mean, maybe it's important, but at least in this episode, they seem to be okay. Mm, yes. I, don't, I think yes. they, should be, they should be held to their actions <laughs> in this episode. The theory still holds water. It does, it, it does, but I don't think instantly jumping to, oh, they're terrible, they're evil is, is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I do yeah. get what Phil is saying, that discernment is good, but still here, yeah. it should be noted that the relationship between Emily and Maury and Suzu is what I'm looking out for personally. Y'all agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of been looking at this both as a continuation of the main storyline and its own individual episode. Yeah, so kind of, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my wonderments has been is what Maury and Suzu are telling Emily actually what Wit's idea for this group is about. Like how Ooh. much of this is their interpretation Ooh. and how much of this is actually what Wit said. So I'm kind of holding out some hope for Wit. Hope. I think Wit hasn't actually had much involvement yet, so we haven't really seen Mm -hmm. how he will run things. It's kind of more been, here's a general idea, and Emily, Suzu, and Mora kind of ran with it. Mm. I don't know if that was what he was saying them to do, though, basically. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah. Speaking of what everyone was saying about how much involvement Wit has had. He may not have really been hands-on with this, but after hearing me what they did with this Cooper situation, he may like decide to step in later mm-hmm. on in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. We'll see. Well, anyway, we still have eight more minutes of an episode left, so I am ready to get started Ooh. on this. So y'all ready to finish up the episode? Yes. Right. yes. yes. So, uh initial thoughts? No. Let's start with group one. I know we're going to have varied thoughts about this, so I'll give my one sentence summary. It seems as though this series of episodes exists in a reality where uh, somehow the ideals of parenting and communication and morality are different than the real world. And that makes yes. me not able to relate to these episodes. That's that why I say no. Nope. sentence ever. Yep. Wow. I agree. It bothers me on on a very deep like this the last scene the final scene is the worst uh-huh. scene of the ride off saga <laughs> and there's been a lot trust me and yeah. oh my goodness this so we finally just, got a scene with so emily's parents twists. and emily's father and somehow they managed to do every part of it wrong i like i like that at least he brought up the point of telling the principal exactly <laughs> yes. that yes, is the that one thing good. that i can appreciate about that entire okay. scene uh-huh. Well, is it just uh-huh. me? The very, did... very last oh. part where she said, Mr. Wick, can we talk? I was very, very proud of that. I was that very was proud of that. They need to wait, talk. Wait, but no, because the conversation is going to be, Mr. Whitaker, I trust you. Not Mr. Whitaker, I don't trust you. True. Hmm. Hannah, you we'll sound see. irate. Can you go ahead? Ooh, irate. That's a different word than the one in my Ooh. head, but I like that one better. <laughs> <laughs> I used Jeez. a much simpler word, anger, in my head. <laughs> um... yes so like like most of most of my anger i rate whatever (laughs) is at the last scene and at the way um emily's dad handled like the conversation and it's like no your job is to take care of your family Mm. you need to protect your daughter and um the telling her telling his daughter to lead the person or the persons who hurt her and who she doesn't it's, trust because she, she doesn't trust them. Yeah, he needs to... He, I, I feel like it would be a wiser course of action for him as her father to be like, no, my job is to protect you. And that includes, like, your mental health kind of thing. And, mm. um, like, affirming her boundaries. And being like, mm-hmm. no, you, you had the right idea at first. It's okay. You can take a step back. Like, helping her find ways to do it graciously, but, like... The it, to to he kind of he didn't say it outright, and so there's there's a certain amount of deniability um, as to whether or not this was actually his intention. But for him to mm. basically kind of hint that it's like no, maybe you should think about like what the kind of gist that I got was no, you should you should rethink joining. I think I think it would be good for you to join because you can have a good influence here. And it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, sure, maybe you can have a good influence. Sure, you kept them from breaking the law more obviously. Kudos. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that doesn't mean there has to be, that doesn't mean you had to do it this time. That doesn't mean there has to be a next time. It doesn't mean it's a healthy relationship. It doesn't mean it's a healthy relationship one Mm -hmm. iota. And to say, no, you need to step into, you need to remain indefinitely in unhealthy, toxic, horrible relationships um, with people who threatened your life. And who don't um, understand what they've done. You're a good person. Right. Clearly do not understand. Simply on the basis that you have skills that can benefit their plan that on the surface sounds okay and because you have leadership skills that you can help people like no there are better ways to use your gifts in ways that help people and don't completely destroy you it Mm. (laughs) (laughs) right there was a whole idea of vigilante justice in this whole thing when the scene opens where they take down that guy and like i did decode that voice that voice was the exact voice that i decoded so I, I, Uh i thought okay that is that makes sense now but i thought where are the police if you had brought the police with you, then they would have had the evidence, and we wouldn't yes. have this this cliffhanger. I'm not going to put an this adjective on the cliffhanger, but you know how <laughs> I'm going to describe this cliffhanger, or this not the cliffhanger, but I guess this the continuation. This cliffhanger. Oh my I mean, god! It's not a cliffhanger, but it's a, it's a a continuation <laughs> of the story. This is pointless. We know who it is. His blackmail doesn't even make sense. He's just picking yeah. on people for fun. What kind of a character is that? I don't know. Maybe I'll be interested in him. For now, I, I'm not interested in this. I don't I mind the villain. Like, as yeah, far as, like, he's, he's okay. not an uninteresting or uncompelling villain by mm-hmm. any stretch. Like, I, I see that he's, okay, he's a guy who's motivated to do this because he'll get something out of it. Cool. Yeah. I, I honestly um, kind of like that he had this fake sob story and then he's like, nah, you, you were easy to pick on. I chose you. I know. <laughs> I that was totally laugh. rolling my eyes at him when he did that. And then he was like, no. And I was like, thank goodness. That was so cringy. That was but funny. Who like was that. that that predicted that the actual hacker was so not even important? I don't know. Somebody at the beginning predicted that it was just I, I um, think I remember that. I think I said that I thought that it would turn, like, they'd catch the guy, but then it would turn out to be Maury pulling that person's strings, and that wasn't the case, but as far as we know, I almost wonder if Phil Lawler quite understand, like, I think Phil Lawler did a great job with kind of the pacing, as well as the tone and tension and plot of the mystery. He knows how to write, like, a good, okay, we, we... followed the breadcrumbs and we found the bad guy and the bad guy wasn't too cringy and it was interesting and like if you took out all the drama between emily and maury it would be an interesting episode and maybe you could pull whatever other lesson you wanted to out of it by inserting other things following a different theme but as far as the theme uh like the the message he seems to be trying to um hit home here is about leadership and like the the wrap up at the end kind of confirms that because it's talking about uh like a king who has just laws or i don't remember what it was do you remember hannah um, or does anyone else remember i don't remember i was yeah <laughs> <laughs> checked out yeah but like whatever it was it was like it, i think it was a proverb or something but mm-hmm. it was basically the sort of idea of like a, a just ruler or like someone who's in charge will love truth or love what is right and it seems Mm -hmm. like he's trying to hit home an idea of like leadership is important and when you do lead it should be it should be good leadership and it should draw out the good in others which would match the good previous Mm -hmm. uh certain ideas in episodes and i mean her dad said adversity brings out the best in you which made me so angry which is the word that i used anyway okay it's not about what things bring out in you it's about doing what is right and what the bible says that you ought to do and Mm -hmm. as far as like i i feel like phil like there's a certain philosophy uh if you'll uh, philosophy i guess is about a good word (laughs) <laughs> philosophy there's a certain there's a certain philosophy about boundaries like the value and importance of boundaries that exists and like i know a lot about it hannah knows a lot about it and right. it ba- it's basically the idea of the philosophy is when there are people who continuously hurt you sometimes you stay in that relationship because well i have my reasons but in general you probably shouldn't 
expend emotional energy trying to maintain your relationship with this person when you communicate openly to them, hey, you do this thing that hurts me, and they say, oh, okay, I don't care. Like, you don't continue uh-huh. spending time with that kind of person because they're not, go- it's not going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. It's and it an feels abusive like, relationship. It feels like Phil doesn't quite understand that and understand that, like, we as the fans kind of want to see Emily. Like, we we loved it when Emily at the free- beginning of this episode and the end of the last one was like, I don't want to spend time with you. Yeah. yeah like, we're like, good on you. You set those boundaries. And this episode is doing the opposite of what it should have done in affirming exactly. those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I've been very and, and disappointed about it for that reason. Completely turning it up. Like, I mean, it's it's not even funny that the end, the final scene did everything, everything it shouldn't have done in the conversation with Emily's father, talking about Emily's not even bringing up what the Rydells did to Emily in Emily's conversation with her dad. Phil always says, well, what if her dad was involved the whole time? Like, he, But he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you never give us any indication of that. And so I I don't know. I really don't know anymore. That's just me. Yeah. I would have um appreciated it better if it was like Emily is struggling with, well, you know, but we did good, but um I I still don't trust them. There's still something deep inside me that's struggling here. And to hear her dad, like I would have appreciated it far far better and like pretty much cheered her dad on if her dad had responded with sort of like, "Okay, the decision is yours, but here are some of the pros and cons and like I'm going to like I very much affirm your your hesitation here mm-hmm. and like like sort of supporting her in her hesitation but also in the things she did right cuz like yeah. he started out and I was like just waiting for him to like say the ba- be balanced as a human yeah. being cuz he starts out he's like I affirm you you did all the right things you did this right you did this right you brought out the good in them and I was like okay and, and, and I was waiting for him to say the words, but Maury and Suzu are jerks. Like, that's all he had to say. <laughs> but he doesn't believe that because he is our wit surrogate in this episode. And wit yes. is our Phil surrogate. And wit believe. well, actually, we don't know what Phil believes because he refuses to answer the question. <laughs> but I have to come down on a judgment at some point, And the judgment that I'm making is that this is not, this is not the way that we should be going. Um, and no, I will. I agree. I, I, I don't have the emotional energy to debate Phil Alder personally. And that's kind of where I'm <laughs> leaving it. I, I will say from this point, we're probably not going to do a reaction like this again because I am done with the Rydell saga. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this, this moral, honestly. And I'm not going to wait for another year, which I think is when the next episode comes out, just to have it be dragged on for this long. Uh, I will put my mm-hmm. attention elsewhere. Thank you, Phil, for bringing me along on this ride, but for now, I'm out. <laughs> With that morose message, let's all unmute our mics and give a round of applause to Luke Gano for another excellent job on the sound design. Great job, Luke. Oh, Luke Gano! Appreciate it. Great job. Yay. Okay, so <laughs> Simon Jones was a great father in Emily the Genius, and then yes. he comes back for the first time in 153 episodes, and he doesn't say Maury and Suzu did anything wrong. Thumbs in the middle. It is really in the middle. I don't know what to make of this episode. It it did what we wanted in the worst way possible. To me, this episode was just boring. Like, nothing interesting happened. Everything was just bad. Everything didn't really work out how, I guess, we all expected or hoped. It had literally the exact same moral as, let's or the, the exact same storyline as Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Oh, we suspect yeah. Mori and Suzu for something. Oh, it's not them. Oh, we worked together and solved it. Yay, let's Yay. be friends. It's the exact same plot. All right. Yeah. And, like, it's going to be another year to the next one. Like, I just, yeah, it's just too much. What does Seymour have up his sleeve? I almost wonder if Phil Lawler and Bob Hoos wrote an episode to end each of those, to end the arc. And they couldn't decide which one to do, so they put both. Because both have such similar storylines, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have to agree with, like, everyone else. I didn't really like the whole story on this episode, especially the last scene with Emily and her father. It just, it was wrong on so many levels. The only good line he said was the part about they should have gone to the principal instead. But I'm like, I at least hope that maybe the... Emily and Mr. Whitaker didn't fill him in all the details about what Morizu did because he really knows about the escape room. This whole, it just is, <laughs> it's almost so bad. It's almost funny. I just did not like it at all. 
Like I feel like um, Phil Lawler is, or and some of the other writers, especially him, are trying to like convince us that what Mori and Suzu did wasn't all that bad. But the more they try to convince us, the worse it gets. I think something kind of weird is just how Emily is beating herself up. And she's like, well, I mean, I didn't really do anything to help out. And it's like she's still being critical on herself while trying to figure out if this group is a good idea. And it just felt really weird because like if I were her, that wouldn't be my that really wouldn't be my focus. And the other thing is when her dad is like, oh, you were, you know, like Whit told me you were calm and collected during that ordeal, like basically, you know, the escape room. I mean, is that how the conversation really went? You know, was Whit like, but through all of this? Your daughter was like cool and collected and she like made it through. Like, yes, those are honorable qualities, but that wouldn't be my focus. I'd be like, I, you know what? If you're scared, I totally understand it. You know, I just think it was a weird way to bring up her leadership qualities um, because it wasn't really leadership. It was like the love for her friend, Matthew, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weird. And then, um. I mean, could you guys see Cooper in this group with them? Nope. I don't know. The C E M S. They just yeah. threw him in there. I mean, I think going back to the idea of how they were like flattering, you know, like Emily and telling her, you know, like you're really good at figuring things out and you have all these these talents, and then to turn around and say the exact same thing to Cooper kind of demeans the praise yeah. they were giving her, and that didn't sit right with me. And he even said he was like. You guys are friends with my little brother. How are you going to help me? But then they're like, you want to join our club? And he's like, sure, let's do it. Like, it was so random. One good thing about this episode, uh, Aram sound effect. Aram sound effect was in here. Where? The, the computer was erased. Oh, it, that sounded familiar. What? <laughs> That's fun. I immediately, immediately caught, caught it. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm excited for Seymour now. There's more to him. But Son it seems like Seymour, you might oh say dear. we want to see more of him. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like Seymour is just Bravo. Maury, though. He's saying good I was curious. and oh. yeah, like, changing it's... his voice and manipulating people. So let me ask you, was Seymour right? <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, Phil Lawler saying, oh, well, uh, you say Maury is this? Let's make that all into another character. No, <laughs> absolutely not. And who I, gave him? Who gave him the book on the basics of computer stuff? Like that's, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. I think I think maybe that'll hint at like there'll be this, uh, you know, steadily larger and larger group of kids that they're gonna have to go against. I kind of feel like this is kind of the start of a new section of this plot where they're kind of you know the team, and I don't know. Well, this section better not take another six years. <laughs> yes, please. Also, there's that moment when he, like, deletes the hard drive and he's like, my friend taught me this or something. <laughs> who was who is that friend who taught him how to delete the hard drive? This is on recording, so you can't see the Discord chat, but Allie just said it was Lester. Yeah, totally. That's no. exactly who I... Who? No. <laughs> no. no. It's not Lester. Oh, oh, my God. Richard Maxwell. Yeah, yes. totally. Richard, yeah. Richard, yeah. Richard, not. So, get Richard back, I'll do it. So here's I, the I, idea, let's right? Just, let's just change because right. Seymour, Seymour, he feel already feels like kind of a less cool version of Richard, but like high school version. You know, it's just <laughs> like he's like trying That's to be true. someone cool. So if like so. Richard was like his mentor and was like, okay, kid, here's how you actually hack into a computer. Here's oh, basic no. stuff. He's like, oh. oh yeah, I can totally do this, and so like gets stuck in there and fails. But whatever. Or, you know, or Seymour is just. Seymour is just a high school version of Nicholas Adamsworth. That's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly. I, was thinking mm. I hate that episode. But that's Maury. <laughs> that is who Maury is. It's literally Maury. That's true. That's true. Yes. Okay, no Seymour is amazing, character. though. I love Seymour so much already. He's so, so annoying, <laughs> but I love him. In case it's not already obvious, I've opened it up to everyone at this point. I want to mention something. The contrast between this reaction uh, and the last reaction, one thing is important. Last reaction, I just started dating. This reaction, I'm not dating anymore, so I'm not on an emotional high. So there's that. But the second thing is also that the last one, we were really pleased with how Emily reacted or how Emily acted in that episode. We thought that she was mm -hmm. very well characterized for mm -hmm. what the whole was Maury right question was. 
But now we are totally, totally not on that train anymore. We're criticizing yeah. the way that Emily acted in this one. So and oh, the, the, I think the, the idea is that even though you could have the questions about was Maury right in the last one and say maybe Whit believes this, maybe Maury believes this, but Emily's the fans, Emily's pushing back. This one, we don't have that anymore. At the end of the episode, Emily is saying mm. she's going to do it again. Yeah, which That's true. at that point you've lost everybody, you've lost the audience, which is why everyone, almost everyone, I think, uh, I mean, I think we all see that there are some positives to this and that this storyline mm-hmm. will continue in some interesting ways. But that's as much as I can say about it. Like the general consensus is that this this doesn't cut it. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's, that's mm-hmm. me. And I, I'm yeah. sorry to be so negative, but I feel like this is. An, <laughs> I feel like this is is worse than further from the truth, and I was really hard yeah. on further Ooh. from the truth. Yeah, I, I really like I really like this episode by itself, but yeah, it, it it disappoints me that like there's no real healing happening on any sides. Mm. No, so I really mm-hmm. hope that maybe in the future they'll address that, and we will have a proper like you know apology and forgiveness. And because if that happens, I'm I'm fine to move on from there. I I actually kind of like. Yeah. This plot and this idea, I, I kind of like the group dynamic, the, oh, we're going to solve mysteries. It's totally, you know, Emily's thing. That it's just, I don't buy that they're uh, able to be good friends yet. And I really hope yeah. that Wit will, you know, lead the discussion with Maury and Suzu of like, you know what? You hurt Emily. You've really got to, you know, <laughs> work through this. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. if you would like to read, or if you would like to read a series better of scripts saga. that... Oh, yeah. A much better version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go read the alternate Red L saga. It's available Amen, on AI Audio Amen. News. <laughs> we'll never be produced, but I will promote this script as much as I can. <laughs> so, yes. Sorry. I am Ryan Matlock, and I approve this message. My only thought on wit is um, a quote from a movie, and it is... You die... You die a hero, or you see yourself become the villain. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> because Wit's been living forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great quote. I, I appreciate you so much, man. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Because I'm going to need that boat. Since you were talking about Seymour, something I that kind of came to mind is when he was saying, you know, you were just an easy target, and he kept making the point to say, you know, you were this Christian and you were scared of, you know, what other Christians would think. It was kind of saying, it was kind of acting like it was a weakness. You know, he was saying that because you're part of this community, because you have these morals and because you're supposed to be, you know, apparently, you know, like you're supposed to be living in a righteous way. It was easy to go for you because you would do anything to make everyone believe you're still that person. And I thought that was wow. so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, obviously we're going to fall. And, you know, we have that community of fellowship where it's like, you know, if I mess up, you're, you, you know, you're, you've got my back and you're going to help me through this. You know, like we were saying, he should have gone to his parents or Mr. Whitaker or anything like that. And I just thought it was weird how he, you know, like I said, kept saying, you know, you're this Christian kid, but he was also saying, you know, you're an easy target. So was he like saying that aspect of Cooper made him easy to attack? You know, I just thought that was super, super interesting. I don't want to wait for the next episode to come out, but if it does come out, then I will, I will be intrigued by where they take this character. Yeah, I, I still have point for this saga because like you said, Michael, the last episode ended very, very well. We saw some good boundaries set by Emily, but then I was very surprised to see that this episode literally starts minutes after. Like yeah. they said at the beginning that she w- walked away when they asked. And so they were chasing after and they continued the conversation, even though she walked away. So this was right after the last, last episode ended. And yet there are no healthy boundaries being set, mm-hmm. which Ryan, I think you were talking about earlier. Yeah. But no, I still have hope because again, Pretty much all this episode happened the day of that conversation and the next day. So I still have hope that some boundaries will be set. But yeah, at this moment, I do not think that Emily should be continuing to work this closely with Maury and Suzu until she's begun to heal. Um, It's interesting. The writers have introduced serious um, issues we have had kidnappings. We have had situations where police should have been involved. I don't remember if they were involved in all those cases where they should have been. We have had situations where they've received threats, whether they were intentional and they were going to be fulfilled or not. That is how she saw it, and that's what they got. They thought that their lives were endangered. They were going to die. All these things were happening. Those are real 
issues. Those are not typically issues that you find in a kid's show, and yet they are not giving us real solutions and real answers to those issues. Instead, we're backing it up to, yeah, but we're just kids, and so we don't really do anything that bad, so you'll forgive us and we'll move on, right? No, these are serious issues where realistically people should be in jail. We don't just brush that off. We deal with that, and that's not happening. And exactly. and I like I liked when Maury was introduced because it felt like it was going to be like a oh a kid oh doing some really bad stuff. This will be interesting because we've not had like a a real proper child villain. So I was curious like how Wit would handle that, the morality of that. But as everyone has said, it kind of didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On a far less important note, are these genius children? Not smart enough to come up with a better name than the C E M S team. <laughs> okay, it's pretty Pritchard. clever with the E M S one. Okay, what is the side of your brain that deals with like math and science? Is that left brain or right brain? Left brain. <laughs> they are all left brain and zero right brain. <laughs> it honestly I mean, sounds like a name much, of a right? club I came up with with my brother when oh. I was younger. Oh man, that might be right brain. Do, do Maury and Suzu have some kind of mental impairment that keeps them from seeing what's going on? Emily, that's why they're so smart. Uh, that's Susie. I don't it might just think be so. Yeah. They don't have any like of the markers that, that would. They wouldn't have any markers that would uh, make them mentally impaired. I'm like, because I've yeah, been watching yeah. for that. I'm like, no, no I think that, that they just are purely like that, just personality-wise. Which yeah. is, yeah. it's kind of weird. And it depends on how you're raised too. Like, exactly. I know, exactly. Pe- I know people personally who, to them. They apologize, but they apologize differently. Like instead, mm. like some of us, yeah. when we apologize, we say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I did this. I shouldn't have do it. Done it. I know it hurt you, and I'm sorry." But when they apologize, sometimes they'll say things like, "I'm sorry you feel that way." Oh, I hate yeah. that. And to them, that's it's not like they're saying anything different than we are. They're saying they're sorry, but they mm-hmm. don't realize that there's a difference between saying, "I'm sorry." I recognize I did something wrong and I'm repenting and just saying, I'm sorry you got hurt. Like there's Mm -hmm. a, there's a disconnect between them almost implicating, like some people, they implicate themselves when they apologize and others, they don't implicate themselves. They just say Mm -hmm. they're sorry for what happened to you. Right. They were raised to say, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like they they Mm -hmm. hit someone with a baseball bat and the mom says, you need to apologize. And they say, sorry. And they move Mm -hmm. on with their lives. That fixed everything. Mm -hmm. And And (laughs) they don't realize that doesn't repair relationships when you're an adult or an older child. Mm. Right. And And they're this special and they can't even understand this stuff. Right. Exactly. Some people, when they apologize, they they apologize by like words that are totally have nothing to do with apologies or actions remember armitage shanks with the whole ring thing he never Mm -hmm. said he was sorry but after his conversation with them katrina tells eugene that was daddy's way of apologizing um i feel like like that that Maury and Susie could be like that, but they need to learn otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I even they're even really the immature. Because yeah. even looking at how they were, you're right. How they grew up greatly impacts things. Because they literally grew up where stealing from ambassadors was a game. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Raised by Mrs. Mado. I like. I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have realized that would have had when a you're big raised impact. by a Russian spy or something. <laughs> 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 yeah, indeed. They don't even realize what they've done is wrong. But I just, you know, you would hope that they wit would guide them. <laughs> right, right. They need you, to be told that what they're doing is wrong. Uh, does anyone think that the plot line with Emily is going to play out in any of the rest of this album? Oh, it needs to. No, oh, it needs. Three oh, well, fall. if anyone's read the album yeah. description. The, the album Knowing description talks about getting a mysterious donation. Is that related to Jordan Woodward in any way? I, I would that's what I thought. It says, uh. Uh, so it's for the album. It says, Zoe and Olivia are thrilled when an anonymous donor pays for the class ski Jordan Woodward. Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. We'll, we'll see, but I don't know. No, the rest of the album's gonna be coming out, so I'll just listen to it by myself, I guess. When when I read the the a young girl loses her faith, one of three. I know. I yeah. would think that maybe that would be her, but again, That's throughout the whole um, summary, it names Emily, and yet then it just says when a girl. So right. it's. it's they probably don't want to drop sometimes. spoilers. I yeah. hope it's Emily. Right. It would be um, so amazing if it was Emily. Yeah, that would be. It would. Mm-hmm. I'd love I that. would be very proud of them for finally addressing that. Yes. Yes. 
I mean, unpopular opinion, I kind of think that the three that Wilson and Jason were talking about might not be the three that are actually affected. It just, I don't know, something about it seems a little too obvious. obvious. On the nose kind of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know, looking at the cover art. Yeah. It, it's pretty Zoe clear. Zoe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it feels like we're about to get duped. You know, like they're yeah. about to pull yeah. something well, Guys, don't you know? One of the three will fall. Emily just fell into the trap. <gasps> she did. <laughs> she did. Did anyone else think about Big Hero 6 when Susie was talking about robots fighting? Yes! <laughs> yes. Best movie ever. Well, this has certainly been uh, different than I thought it would go, but thank you all so much for being here and for actually coming on to the sixth live reaction that we've done. This was This was actually really fun. Thank you all. Hey guys, this is Sarah and I'm signing off. Hey, this is Riley from the AIO Insider and I'm signing off. I'm Jay from AIOpinions.home.blog signing off. This is Gabriel from the Not Out of Here podcast signing off. Hey, this is Hannah and Alyssa from AI Revelations signing off. This is John Tuttle III from the Bug in the Train Room signing off. This is Rhea signing off. This is Unique and thank you for having me. This is Timmy now from the Odyssey Scoopcast signing off. This is Ali from the Long Diseased AIO Wiki Podcast signing off. <laughs> this is Hannah Matlock. And Ryan Matlock uh, signing off. Thanks for joining us. And this is Michael LaFaver, totally dead on the inside, but seemingly alive on the outside, signing off. You are listening <laughs> to AIO Audio News. Do we have a yeet? Yeet! Woo! Another. Okay. Hey. If I didn't, someone would. <laughs> <laughs> we needed to be the same to them as we were to everyone. Loving. And I think we were. We were their friends. That's all we could do. They're in God's hands. And all we can do now is pray. The Alternate Rydell Saga. Read it all now, only at AIOAudioNews.com slash Rydell.